for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Welcome to Living Life. You know, have you ever really thought about the passage in Galatians 2.20 that says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ now lives in me. If you really thought about that, you would really think about the benefits of being crucified with Christ, uh, as well as the responsibilities of being crucified with Christ. We're going to take a look at the passage today, and we're going to see what the passage says about being crucified with Christ and what are the benefits, what are the consequences, and what are the responsibilities when we are crucified with Christ? Let's take a look at the passage. Romans chapter 7, verses 1 through 6. Do you not know, brothers and sisters, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law has authority over someone only as long as that person lives? For example, by law a married woman is bound to her husband as long as he is alive. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law that binds her to him. So then, if she has sexual relations with another man while her husband is still alive, she is called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she's released from that law and is not an adulteress if she marries another man. So my brothers and sisters, you also died to the law through the body of Christ, that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit for God. For when we were in the realm of the flesh, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in us, so that we bore fruit for death. But now by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. Welcome back to Living Life. As we said earlier, we're going to take a look at the passage in uh, Galatians 2.20, but in the context of Romans 7. Uh, Galatians 2.20 and Romans 7 kind of have a relationship to each other, especially with respect to the law. Even though Galatians 2.20 doesn't really mention the law, uh, Romans 7, 1 through 6, as we're going to look at today, actually kind of defines what we're talking about in Galatians 2.20. And what are we talking about when we talk about the law? We're really talking about the Mosaic law, the law of Moses, but we're actually going beyond the, the law of Moses. We're actually talking about the law of creation and the law of conscience. Another way to look at that is general revelation and special revelation. So when we look at the law, the law bound us so that we were prisoners to the law. But in this passage, Paul talks about being released from the law, being freed from the law. How do we get free from the law? Well, we get free from the law because Christ died for us. When we take a look at Romans chapter 6, verses 3 to 8, it talks about we died with Christ and we were also raised with Christ. And in that passage, it talks about now wrecking yourselves dead to sin. 
But it also talks about this is the same passage that we base our authority on with respect to being freed from the law as well. Uh, the law was against us, and the law is exposed our sin and revealed our sin. The example Paul uses with respect to being free from the law is he uses the law of marriage. And he says that when a husband and wife are married together and the husband dies, then the spouse is freed from the law of marriage. She's free to remarry again because the law no longer binds her. In the same way, the law no longer binds us when, in fact, we die to the law. But it's not us who dies. It's Christ who dies on our behalf. We are united with him in his death, and we receive the benefits of his death because we are freed from the law. What else does Paul talk about in Romans 7? He talks about, in the same way, not only are we freed from the law, but this body of death now becomes actually an instrument of life. What is the purpose of dying to the law that Paul talks about? It's twofold. The first purpose of dying to the law is that we might be married to another or we might be able to serve, serve another. In addition to that is that we might bear fruit for God. So in dying to the law and being freed from the law, we're able to serve another or be married to another, but we're also able to bear fruit. Who is that person that we would be married to? It would be Jesus Christ, the one who we united with in death and the one who was raised to life. Not only that we might be married to him and serve him, but we would bear fruit. It was never intended for us when we died to the law for us to basically go on our own and do our own thing. It was by dying to law, we now can serve Christ freely and bear fruit for him. Now, the other thing interesting the law does, uh, it, it points us, it points out our sin, but what it also does is it stimulates sin. You know, it's interesting when we look at Adam and Eve, and, and God said to, uh, to Adam, he says, in the day that you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall surely die. Now, we know Adam also gave that command to Eve because Eve repeated it to the serpent in Genesis chapter 3, which he said to the serpent, you know, we can't eat of the tree of knowledge of evil, nor can we touch it or lest we die. But interestingly enough, that did not stop Eve from being attracted to the fruit of the knowledge of evil uh, and still eating the fruit. And then she gave some to her husband. She gave some to Adam, and he ate as well. The point being is oftentimes we are attracted to the very thing that brings death to us, the very thing that is forbidden to us, we are attracted to it. When, as a child, when your parent sets up boundaries for you, the, children, the child always wants to go beyond those boundaries and, and wants to transgress them. It's a natural thing for us to do, and the law stimulates those passions in us when we look at verse 5. But the, as we look at verse 6, as we come to the end of this, uh, this particular uh, scripture, it says not only when Jesus died for us at Calvary, he made us, we were no longer captive 
to sin. And now we could serve not under the letter of the law, but in the way of the spirit. So God wants us not to be legalists and to serve under the letter of the law because we've been released from the law, but to serve under the law of the spirit. And under the law of the spirit, not only are we able to serve under the law of spirit, but that same law of the spirit gives us life when we are free from the law and free from the penalty of law. You see, sin has no power except that it's given by law because the law, once the law is revealed and the consequence, that there is a consequence to the sin, now sin has power because of the law. But since Christ freed us, we are free indeed. What about you today? How are you serving God? Are you serving under the letter of the law? Are you serving in a legalistic manner? Are you serving as if you're still bound to the law? God has set you free in Christ Jesus to serve him not just freely, but serve him in his kingdom that his kingdom might advance and might grow through you, and that those who see you might get a true representation of what the kingdom is about, because now you are serving by way of the Spirit. Let's pray about that. Father, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus for this audience, those who are listening, those who are watching, Father. I pray right now, O oh God, that they might know that they have been released from the law. The law, the code canceled, the law of the code has been canceled against them, Father. And now they are free to serve you, to be married to you, and to bear fruit for you, Father. I pray that your children will begin to bear fruit for you starting today. I pray all this in the blessed, wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Singer soul, the Chinese world is the pig in prosa. See,